Episode number eight, back in the Tigers Avenue. Man, it just it just feels good right now, Zach. I don't know about you, it but does. I feel really good about um, where LSU stands as an athletic program. Things just feel like they're headed up. Let's go ahead and kick it off with some basketball talk. Zach, I don't know if you got to watch much of last night's game, LSU versus the Ohio Bobcats. Started out really, really strong, and then there were some pretty major struggles. Give me your thoughts on what you saw in last night's game. I didn't get to watch much of this game, unfortunately. I got to watch bits and pieces of it. I opened up uh, the beginning of the game and was able to watch a little bit of that, and they were very dominant. Um, I want to say we scored, it was either like 11 or 12 points before they even, the Bobcats even got on the scoreboard. 18, 18. 18, yeah, I knew it was a lot. So we jumped out to a fast start, looked very dominant. Then uh, I actually went and played basketball myself last night. So I didn't get to watch most of the second half or the end of the first half for that matter. But because I was playing basketball, I kind of just saw the score updates. I saw at one point where they had come back and it was tied. And I was like, oh, man. And I got a little worried because it looked like from the beginning we were just going to dominate them the entire game. And then once I got done playing basketball, I checked my phone and I saw that we had pulled it off and won. And yet again, another team that they held under 60 points. I don't know if you saw Reagan, but Will Wade was not happy at the end of the game. Oh, yeah. In fact, oh yeah, he was he was pretty upset. He was very upset with the offense. He put all of the blame on himself and said that he just had to coach them better. But he said pretty adamantly, "It's going to get fixed. We're going to fix it." And they're about to be in this ten day rest period where he's going to get to hone in on that and try and work out the kinks uh, where they've had struggles lately in the offense. The defense hasn't been a problem, which is crazy to say when you're talking about a Will Wade team, but the defense has not been a problem. It's been very dominant. Another thing that's been very dominant is Tari Eason. Tari Eason continues his dominance and he put up 20 points. I believe he was close to another double-double. Did he have nine nine boards? He only had five. He only had oh, five. okay. I, I thought he had nine, but either way. He was way, 29 last game. Either way, another dominant game for him. He continues to show why he deserves the newcomer of the year in the SEC so far. But other than that, uh, I was just glad to see another Tiger win. The PMAC was packed out. They had their uh, greatest attendance of the year and their greatest student attendance of the year. Will Wade said they were around 2,300 for the students at the PMAC last night, which was huge. 
I think a large part of that was definitely Brian Kelly coming in at halftime, <laughs> introducing himself to the crowd, hyping them up, you know. So that was probably a major factor in the attendance. But, hey, LSU Nation, y'all need to go to the games because this Tiger team, they're good. And, and it's unfortunate that, we live in Arkansas and Mississippi. We don't get to go to the games as much as we'd like to, but you better guarantee that the bros, the LSU bros, are going to be going to a game in the PMAC this season. Yeah, man. Uh, it, the, the team is exciting. Um, obviously, uh, like you said, the defense was has never been the problem. And I will say I watched the game last night, Zach, and there were definitely – um, some concerning moments um, that I had. For instance, they I, I, on the offensive glass, it was four to twelve, and, and that's just inexcusable. And when it comes to shots taken, they almost took. They were one shot away from taking twenty more shots than LSU, which is also inexcusable. Uh, thankfully, they <laughs> out of sixty-eight shots. They only made 18 in their field goal, so they shot 26%. So the 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 offense struggled last night a lot, and I'm not too worried about it just because we've seen what the capability of these Tigers have. But it has it's certainly regressed a little bit. I, 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 regress feels like a strong word, but. It feels like maybe it's taken a step back just a little bit from what we had saw at the original push of the season, the beginning of the season. And I think this 10-day break um, couldn't have come at a better time uh, for Will Wade and this Tiger team. Um, He definitely was adamant about fixing these problems and these issues. The turnovers were inexcusable. There's 17 turnovers, way too many turnovers. Um, There's actually a – a moment in the game close to the end when it felt like we had, you know, pretty much closed the game out. And man, I don't mean to pick on any one player, but Eric came up, Eric Gaines came up the court right at the midline. He just fumbled the ball around and had it taken from him for another turnover. And Will Wade just turned around and slapped the table. And uh, you could yeah, definitely that, that see his frustration. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could definitely see his frustration last night. Uh, with the offensive side, and uh, based on some of the things he said last night, it, des- it definitely seems like um, corrections will be made. And I-, I love that about him, his mentality uh, for this team. That even though they win, even though they're eight and zero, the defense has been stellar. You know all those things. He's still critical of the issues, right? You can you can lose so many things and lose sight of issues and ball games when you're winning. And luckily, we played a team that wasn't good enough shooting to outscore us. Because, man, if you played like this against Wake Forest, we probably lose that game. It's great to have a coach that is meticulous and is um, demanding, and he understands what it takes to be successful and dominant and demands 
that from his players, even in the success, even in the uh, the victory. Um, in his press conference, he asked you know some of the reporters if he had heard him back in the locker room. So it sounded like he was giving his ear his players an earful, even though they just got a fifteen point win. And I mean, like I told you, I, I watched the game. The beginning was like, holy smokes, we're about to just annihilate them. I think it was like seven minutes into the game, and then he scored a bucket. And then you you blink an eye, it was 23-6, to six, and, and you turned around and it was 29-20. And then you get into the second half, and all of a sudden it's 37-37. And you're like, what just happened? And it wasn't the defense, it was the lack of offense that was – that that caused that push that that catch up, um, and from the Bobcats, but in the end the Tigers pulled it out and they moved to eight zero, and they set themselves up to continue to make a push to be undefeated in uh, before conference play. Yeah, and you mentioned that it wasn't the defense; it was the offense. If you just look at stats, just stats, period, coming into the tournament last weekend, the Tigers were averaging 86 points a game. And since these last three games, they have dropped off now to around 79 points per game. I know that's not a huge drop off, but it's can it's it's in a streak right now where we're hitting the 60s we're we're, we're hitting around the mid 60s range and that's going to have to get better uh we're going to have to get back to where we were scoring at the beginning of the season because the competition is only going to get stiffer yeah and there's no doubt about it i mean if you go to i mean we opened the season in the jungle at, at auburn man if you go and this is how your offense performs. Mm, I mean, that's going to be tough, tough, tough. But, hey, last night the Florida Gators also got knocked off, so that means there's only two undefeated teams in the SEC, and that's LSU, and that's number 10 in the nation, Arkansas. Hey, pollsters, you might want to look into this team uh, called the LSU Tigers. because they're pretty darn good. You may want to pay attention. There are six SEC teams in the the top 25, and one of the only undefeated teams in the SEC of the two is not ranked. And it's inexcusable. Um, I mean, when when the defense has been performing how it's been, you're undefeated, you win your early season tournament, the pollsters are quite honestly – um, just ignoring the fact uh, that LSU is having an incredible season. But it is what it is. The boys will keep running. They'll, they'll keep working, and they'll correct the issues, and they'll keep it rolling. Will Wade can use this as a motivator for this team, right? Because what better motivator than – hyping your team up with the narrative that hey you're not respected they they don't they don't respect y'all they don't believe in y'all they don't think that this is the team that we know that we are right 
and what a I'm sure Will Wade is using that in the locker rooms before the games, during the practices, because this team, you know that they are listening to the narrative that is being put on social media uh, and on sport, sports television because they know the success they're having. They know historically what they are doing defense-wise, and yet they are still not being recognized by the national media, by the pollsters. And I just think it, even though it's 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 aggravating, it's frustrating that this team is not getting respected, hey, it's only more fuel to the fire for this team. So as much as I disagree and it frustrates me that this team is not ranked, hey, guess what? Just just keep on not ranking them because this team's just going to get more, more motivated. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, I mean, in reality, uh, if you keep winning, the rankings truly don't matter because – there's a 64 team playoffs when it comes to college basketball. And if you keep winning in reality, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think one of the quotes that defined last night, and then we'll talk about a little bit different basketball um, that happened on Thursday night in the PMAC as well. But one of the quotes that Will Wade had from his press conference that defines, I think his mentality for the team uh after kind of a sluggish whim, he said, do not accept in victory what you wouldn't accept in defeat. So as a coach, he understands that even when you win, there's mistakes and they still need to be fixed. And it just shows his mentality of where he expects his team to be. And that's exciting. Hey, Some more exciting news for the women's basketball team. Thursday night, they they played Iowa State, number 14 team in the country, and they knocked them off 69-60. to The first top 25 win in the Kim Mulkey era. Man, that's why I kind of opened this podcast with, Man, it just feels like a good time to be a Tiger. Uh, sure. The hires that have been made recently, the direction the athletic program is going, it's just screaming excellence. And Kim Mulkey, just uh, with the win tonight over Iowa State, I think just embodies where this program, athletic program, is at. And – Man, what a win for her and what a legacy start. I mean, a legacy hire and what a great way to start her first season uh, at LSU with an incredible win on the number 14 team in the country in front of a packed crowd. Think about the coaches that are all at LSU right now. Mm. Will Wade, Kim Mulkey, Jay Johnson. Brian Kelly, and forgive me for getting all of the sports. I don't follow them, but I know we've got top coaches in gymnastics, top coaches in uh, beach volleyball, you know, uh, all those programs in track and field. We've Beth, got some of the best Beth Serena. Beth Serena, yeah. I mean, 
this LSU athletics program is loaded from top to bottom with talent in players and just geniuses when it comes to head coaches. Yeah, and we can attribute that, uh, the, the direction of this program, to the man himself, Woody, Scott Woodward, the greatest athletic director in all of college sports. All right, let's move on here for a, a little bit. Let's discuss uh, football's potential bowl game. Where are the Tigers going to land now that they capped the season off with a win over Texas A&M in incredible fashion to – get themselves into bowl-eligible positions. Zach, what are your predictions? What are your thoughts? What do you prefer? I think this is going to come down to three bowl games. All right? Three bowl games. And here's my reason for each. This is going to come down to the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. Correct? That's That's what it's called? Yes. Right? Yes. It's going to come down to the Texas Bowl in Houston, and it's going to come down to the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, Tennessee, right up the street north of us. And here's the reasons for those three. Obviously, the Independence Bowl, with it being in Shreveport, that's pretty obvious. LSU, not far from there. It'd be an easy trip. You would have a lot of fan support. We know that there is a huge uh, alumni population in Houston. That's why LSU has been in the Texas Bowl a couple of times in the last recent years. So that's another reason I believe that the Texas Bowl is very much in play this season. It's also not too much of a drive. And then including also not far of a drive, an easy trip, just about five, five and a half hours north is the Liberty Bowl here in Memphis, Tennessee. I've been kind of following a little bit of the media and the projections of where this team is going so far. It seems like the Independence Bowl and the Liberty Bowl are getting the most hype. I would absolutely love for it to be just north of us here at the Liberty Bowl I've never been to the Liberty Bowl, even though I was born and raised here. I don't think I have ever set (laughs) foot in the Liberty Bowl. You know, I've been to a Memphis Grizzlies game. I've been to a Memphis Redbirds game. Way back in the day, I went to the River Kings games, but um, I have never been to the Liberty Bowl. Um, We've been LSU Tigers fans, so we never went and watched the Memphis Tigers play. We always watched the better Tigers play. Sorry to any uh, Memphis fans that (laughs) may listen to this, but you know, it's just, you know, you're in, you're, we're in the SEC and you're in the American Athletic Conference, I believe is what they're in. Um, So, you know, we've never been there. I would love to go there. And obviously, with it being as close as it is to us, It'd be an easy trip for us, and I'd love to see the Tigers come and play in Memphis. How awesome would that be? So, personally, I would love to see them in the Liberty Bowl. It looks like so far it's coming down to um, that destination and Shreveport, the Independence Bowl. So, we'll see, though. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously our preference would be the Liberty Bowl uh, because we can make that happen and, and go see it in person. 
you, you, I don't think you can miss with any three of these. And, and of course, obviously, the Liberty Bowl isn't that far of a drive, and it's Memphis. And of course, LSU fans are going to want to come to Memphis and see Bill Street and everything Memphis has to offer. All the great Memphis places. Barbecue. Of, yeah, get you some Memphis barbecue, man. You know, all that, all the, all the good stuff that you know Memphis offers. Uh, when we when we're talking about opponents. Specifically, I don't know the tie. The other tie-in to the Texas Bowl. I know that obviously there's an SEC tie-in. Um, the, the the one thing that we haven't mentioned is I'll check that real the quick. Independence Bowl. Um, the Independence Bowl. It's it's a Big Twelve. It's a Big Twelve because we played Texas Tech there a few years ago. Um, the Independence Bowl doesn't have an SEC tie-in, but the SEC broke a record this year with 13 teams eligible. Um, Could have been 14 if the 14th team wasn't Vanderbilt, but um, 13 teams are eligible this year from the SEC for bowl games. So there's going to be some a few extra games that there's not an SEC uh, uh, play in that are going to get filled, and one of those could easily be the Independence Bowl for the Tigers. Um, now, with the Texas Bowl and the Liberty Bowl, it's a Big 12 tie-in for both of them. So yeah, it's the fourth I, best team from the Big 12 for the Liberty Bowl. I was just looking at it. Gotcha. Fourth best. So, I mean, I can get down with either of that. Like, right, I love a Big 12 SEC matchup type bowl game. I can get down with it all day long. I mean, if we go and play Kansas State in the Liberty Bowl or if we go play Kansas State in in the Texas Bowl or if we play Texas Tech in either or, uh, preferably, you know, Zach, with our situation, I would want it to be Texas Tech because Texas Tech – fired their coach like ours did. And I'm pretty sure they've named a new coach. I really don't know. I haven't kept up with them. But I assume they're going to be using an interim coach as well, like LSU will uh, and Brad Davis. So it kind of, you know, it it evens the playing field to speak when you go to a bowl game. Both teams, you know, have interim coaches. So we don't have a disadvantage. Uh, So personally, I would love to see a rematch of Texas Tech uh, from a few years back when we made Patrick Mahomes look silly and beat the dog out of him in the Texas Bowl. I would love that rematch, but I could definitely get down with the Kansas State matchup, no doubt about it. The The only thing is, is there was the, back in the press conference, right, when it, it, Kelly was introduced, they asked Brian Kelly, you know, have you thought about coaching the bowl game? Has that option been offered to you? Whatever, whatever. And he said, you know, I haven't discussed that. Uh, with with Scott or that option, I'm going to ask your thoughts on it. But me personally, I don't want him to coach the ball game. I don't. Uh, I, I think a coach coming in shouldn't just jump into the fire like that. I think he should have the entire offseason to implement his offense, his staff. You know, get to know these players, all of that before he starts his tenure. Because I mean, imagine the thought of him going to the Liberty Bowl, having to run either the offense that's already been implemented or trying to rush implementing his offense, and you get there and it's a total disaster, and that's how Brian Kelly's tenure starts. That's my opinion on it. I say let Brad Davis go out there and have fun and play some football and let Brian Kelly's tenure start in the Superdome against Florida State next fall. That's my thoughts on it. What are yours? I don't really have like a huge say so in 
whether I think Brian Kelly should or shouldn't coach the bowl game. I, I kind of agree with you. I think let's just let the rest of the season ride out and get to the next season where Brian Kelly has his whole offseason to implement his style of play and get his his uh, other staff hires, which we'll get to in a second, uh, into the system and you know his new players, whether that be from – incoming freshmen, transfers, all that stuff. Just just let them start there instead of having to come into this season and, and, and try and coach a team where there's going to be a lot of these guys on this team that are that are going to be gone, seniors and early um, draft-eligible players that, that leave. So I'm kind of with you on that. And as we mentioned in the last podcast, Brad Davis will be the first African-American coach uh, to lead an LSU football team. And I don't want to see that taken away from him. And I know that um, the, and there's a lot of guys, man. You've seen it in recruiting already, but also just on this team, there's a lot of guys that love to play for Brad Davis. Even though he came at a horrible time during the offseason, didn't really have a lot of time um, to prepare uh, this offensive line group for this football season you see a lot of guys that have shown a huge support for him and wanting him to stay at LSU on staff with Brian Kelly, including a lot of the top recruits that will be coming into next season and potentially some other recruits that may commit. So I think you give this time to Brad Davis to, to lead this team and have that moment and then transition to Brian Kelly in the offseason. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I think that's the direction they'll take. Uh, that's typically what happens. I don't think really for a second that that's going to happen, uh, that Brian Kelly will coach the bowl game. Um, speaking of Brian Kelly, he, he's been formally introduced. The press conference has happened since our last podcast. Press conference went well. Obviously, you know, when you're a new coach, you, you can't really mess up the opening press conference, right? You know, everybody's excited and loving that you're there. Um, the, now you pivot, right? We've, we've got our head coach and now you pivot to the rest of the staff, right? So who is the defensive coordinator? Who's the offensive coordinator? Who's going to be retained? Who's not going to be retained? Let's get into that a little bit. Obviously the news has come out that Marcus Freeman, the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame and Tommy Reese, offensive coordinator at Notre Dame will be staying put. Um, Notre Dame has actually made Marcus Freeman the head coach at Notre Dame, and Tommy Reese will stay to help him be the offensive coordinator uh, for that staff. Um, Zach, what 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 um, coaches do you think from the current staff will be retained, and who do you think maybe potential DC OC hires? What are we looking at? We talked a little about this in the last podcast once the Brian Kelly hire was made. There's nothing that has been set in stone yet as far as officially been released to the public by LSU that there's going to be certain staff members retained. But from good sources, we can from what we can tell, Corey Raymond is definitely going to be staying no at LSU. Austin Thomas will be staying at LSU. 
it looks like from what I was mentioning earlier, from the push of current players and players coming into the program next year, that Brad Davis is also very likely to stay on. It's also been talked about with um, uh, Blake Baker that he is probably going to stay on. And then the two other names that are probably going to stay on, but I would say the less likely out of the rest of that group is Kevin Falk and Mickey Joseph. And uh, Kevin Falk, obviously, huge legend at LSU, one of the top running backs all time uh, at LSU. You know, I'd like to see Kevin stay on, especially with what happened this this past year. Uh, he just recently got brought onto this coaching staff. Unfortunately, uh, tragically, he had the passing of his daughter happen during this season, missed a handful of games. I would like to see him stay on for that main reason, give him a chance to uh, really have a full season of coaching. So I would hope that Kevin Falk would get to stay on and coach up these guys as uh, for next season as well. But that's all just speculation. Again, nothing official has been released. We'll have to wait and see. As far as the OC and DC hires go, I've voiced my opinion about this a couple of times on here. Personally, I think if you're not going to hire Durante Jones back for this for this next season, I think you go after Ron Roberts. I, I really like what I've seen from Ron Roberts. I know you're going to talk about Barry Odom. I, I'm all for Barry Odom as well. I just really like what I've seen from Ron Roberts. LSU fans, we – a lot of a lot of LSU fans loved uh, Dave Aranda. They loved what he did. They a lot of them wanted him to be the head coach. And uh, Dave Aranda is, is running an awesome program over there at Baylor. They've had a lot of success on defense over at Baylor, and I just really like what I've seen from him. It seems like this uh, program is headed more towards what Dave Aranda was running a couple of years ago, even though. Ed Ordron was so ready to get him out and and to go back to a 4-3 look. Um, it seems like they're transitioning back to a 3-4 uh, with all kinds of just multiple looks, and I think Ron Roberts is going to fit that style uh, in, in, in coaching under Dave Aranda's tenure at Baylor. So I like the possibility of potentially him coming to LSU and Lena Tigers. Um, help me out here. I, I'm going blank. The 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 DC at Georgia. What's his Ooh, name? Lanning. Lanning. Yeah, Lanning. Um, there's reports right now that he's potentially getting looked at by Oklahoma. You know, if he doesn't go there, I think you definitely have to look at him and potentially try to throw the bank at him. Obviously, with what Georgia has done this season, they are the best defense in college football. Period. This year. They're making it look like, you know, the early 2000s SEC defense uh, with the way he's been leading them. I think you got to give him a look and, and throw the bank at him. And then, as I said before, I think you have to at least give Durante an interview. I think he has earned that right, man. He, once Ed Ordron was able to take the hands off and let his coordinators run the show and, and, and run – you know, their side of the ball, the way they want to run it. We have seen a drastic, uh, a, a huge difference in 
Jake Peets, and Durante Jones. Durante Jones has excelled, and Jake Peets in the offense has regressed. And uh, Brock, our our cousin, mentioned it earlier today on a Marco Polo. Can you imagine what this team the last six week six weeks would have looked like if Derek Stingley? Uh, Eli Ricks, Ali Gay, Andre Anthony, Sage Ryan. Uh, can you imagine if all those guys, uh, Major Burns, mm. that's another one. Can you imagine if all those guys were healthy, what this defense would look like? I mean, we've been watching the second and third stringers out there, and they look like an elite SEC defense. And so you have to give credit to Durante Jones and the job that he has done these last few weeks of the season, I think he at least deserves an interview from Brian Kelly. And I would not be upset if he kept the job and at least got to you know stick it out for the next couple of years and we got to see a full season under him with a healthy LSU defense. So I'm all for him getting a look. Offensive coordinator-wise, I've said this name a couple of times, and I'm going to stick with it. I think you go and you get Levy. Um, It's going to be hard to get him, I believe, because of the potential of him taking a head coaching position with all the job openings that are out there right now. But he has impressed me the most this year. I know, obviously, being under Lane Kiffin, he's going to have that experience of, of, of coaching underneath him. And he's had great players. At Ole Miss, but guess what? At LSU, you're going to have better players. You're going to have better talent offensively at LSU. And just from the job he's done this year at Ole Miss, I would love to see what he could potentially do at LSU. That's kind of the one guy I've circled for offensive coordinator. You may give me some help here. I know me and you have both kind of mentioned how it's there. It seems like there's not a lot of options out there when it comes to top name. Offensive coordinators, obviously Dan Mullins, uh, another name that's been mentioned, but the potential for him being a head coach is also there. But what about you? Yeah. What's your what's your what's your what's your thoughts on? Um, yeah, um, these hires. I, I, when it comes to staff, in all honesty, and this may be a stupid take, but I would not be unhappy if the entire defensive staff was retained. Durante Jones, Blake Baker, Andre Carter, and Corey Raymond. I would be completely thrilled and happy with all those guys. I mean, I agree. Neil Farrell I think is – I, I think you're going to get two of them back. Right, already. right. I'm not trying to repeat everything, but recent weeks have been, you know, really impressive with a beat-up defense – so I wouldn't be unhappy if they retained the entire defensive staff. Offense, I think you almost got to make a clean sweep other than Mickey Joseph. Um, yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Kevin Falk, potentially. But if you weren't – if you don't give Durante the job, if you don't give him the interview, I know I've said Barry Odom, but another guy that I really like and hasn't been mentioned a lot is Wisconsin's defensive coordinator. Jim Leinhardt is his stats at Wisconsin are pretty impressive as as DC. Twenty points per game on average is what his defense has allowed the entire time he's been at Wisconsin. 
And LSU has a good history of hiring Wisconsin DCs when you speak of Dave Aranda. Um, so I think Jim Leinhardt would be a great guy to go try to pluck from Wisconsin. Uh, another name you would name was is Mike Elko, who has put together an elite defense at Texas A&M. And Mike Elko was on staff with Brian Kelly at Notre Dame and left for Texas A&M. So maybe you can go steal him from Texas A&M. I, I think there's an abundance of defensive coordinators right now that you can go hire. Will Muschamp is at a analyst position slash – uh, special teams, he helped uh, coach the special teams for a little bit because their special teams guy had to take a break for some personal reasons and all that. He's not even like, you know, for a minute he wasn't even on an on-field position, right? So he would take the job in a heartbeat. Yeah, you think um, that guy doesn't want a uh, coordinator yeah, come on. check? Yeah. And, I mean, he's and he's been at LSU before. He knows LSU. I'm not too worried about defensive coordinator because I think he's going to find somebody. You pick any of those guys, and I'm happy with it. Um, yeah. and, and Brian Kelly's, when it comes to his evaluation of coaches, it's impressive. He's always made great hires, so I'm not really worried about it. Now, Mickey Joseph is kind of interesting when it comes to wide receivers. Mickey Joseph has been really, really crucial when it comes to our New Orleans recruiting. I mean, he's the guy who went and got Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, and he was their coach at LSU, and – the, the deal is not inked. The deal is not done. But his alma mater, Nebraska, has offered him a job to be their wide receiver coach. And if he takes that job, that would be a hit because um, I think Brian Kelly would retain him. He may counter whatever you know Nebraska's offering, and he may stay. Uh, I think LSU would be able to offer him more money, uh, in my opinion. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, when it comes to O.C., um, not too worried about it because I think Brian Kelly can implement the offense. You know, I don't think he has to rush that too much. Uh, like you mentioned, Dan Mullen. If if he don't want to get into head coaching, yeah, um, you you pick up the phone and call Dan Mullen right now because Dan Mullen, you heard it from here. Dan Mullen was prematurely fired. I don't think for one second that Dan Mullen was rightfully fired. In my opinion, it was way too fast. Strickland pulled the plug way too quick on that. Um, so, yeah, if Dan Mullen don't want to go back into head coaching, you know, right now for whatever reason, you pick up the phone and make that call. Um, Jeff Levy would be awesome. You know, who, whoever it may be, I, I trust Brian Kelly's decision-making when it comes to that because he has a track record that's pretty impressive when it comes to hiring uh, coaches like Mike Elko, like Marcus Freeman, you know. So whoever he's going to get, I, I know that he's going to make some great decisions and his evaluation of coach talent is impressive. So we'll see. I mean, all this is going to have to happen, you know, swiftly because this staff needs to come together swiftly when it comes to recruits and recruits knowing who their coach is going to be and all that. Um, so I, I, it, it won't be long till we know this staff and who it is. Um, so we'll talk about that real soon uh, on this podcast. Well, that's all we got for today. Let's put a button on it. Tigers Avenue, episode number eight. Appreciate y'all coming out, listening, supporting us. Keep sharing us. We really appreciate it. Peace out. Catch you later. Who that, 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 who that,